Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. We are back. We are live. It is SAFM and the show, as do the stories, continue. The United Kingdom is gearing up to pass new laws that will ban trophy hunters from importing any body parts of endangered animals into the country. The law has been highly contested and some believe that the law will undermine sustainable hunting and conservation efforts in the form of anti-poaching unit. Others have raised questions surrounding trophy hunting being a colonial practice and that the UK is overstepping by dictating what African countries should do when it comes to their own hunting laws. Our next guest unpacks not only why trophy hunting endangers wildlife, but addresses how this practice reinforces a culture of guns, violence, disposition, and indignity. Michelle Pickover, director of EMS, EMS Foundation, is now on the line. Good evening, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sumbeso. Thank you very much for having me. I hope that is what I have characterized correctly. So perhaps you might <laughs> want to take forward your thoughts and expand on what little I've said. Yeah, so, I mean, this is actually a private member's bill um, that has been supported by members of parliament in the UK and has now got to go to the House of Lords. But it it has got support across both um, parties, Labour and Conservative, um, although it came from the Conservative Party, interestingly enough. But... Um, you know, it's a, hunting, trophy hunting is this very sort of controversial issue, although I don't think that it really should be. I think it is a colonial practice. Um, recreational killing is something that, that came from Europe. And the idea that animals are game, um, i.e. the game of killing, and coming to Africa and taking resources in, in, in a way of, of using violence and power um, is something that I don't think we as, as, as Africans should be supporting in any shape or form. Um, I think there's also a lot of um, misinformation out there that trophy hunting benefits communities where a lot of research is showing that that really isn't the case. So research in Namibia, research in, in Tanzania, in Zimbabwe, um, and even in South Africa, where we have hunting of animals in the APNR, which is the area right next to the Kruger National Park, where the fences are down, very little benefit goes to communities. So it really is um, a colonial practice of exclusion and inequality. Two matters come through to me as you say this. It's the colonial practice and then it becomes a conversation of how the benefits that are touted otherwise to be there in reality through the research that you make reference to doesn't in fact accord. Let's start with the first one. It may be a colonial practice. For those who would argue it's recreation like any form of recreation and only in this instance it involves animals, specifically animals who have been pre-identified for the purposes of environmental protection. In other words, if there was no form of control being exercised as to the numbers of, let's, for argument's sake, say, um, elephants, who would then risk, environmentally speaking, 
just eating up all the land and leaving nothing for the purposes of vegetation to grow and for other animals for that matter to have access to by nature of how much elephants eat. And so upon a designated number being reached of the elephant community in a specified area, uh, we are oversubscribed by, for argument's sake, 10 elephants. We need to get rid of these 10 mm. elephants. What would be the counter response to that argument? Okay, so I think that that's a false, false argument, this idea that there are too many elephants. In fact, you know, we're living in the age of extinction. So we, we've over, overstepped our planetary boundaries. Um, we are losing biodiversity at a rate never seen before. You know, we've lost 70% of mammals in the last 50 years. Um, and the idea that there are too many elephants is something that a lot of South Africans just believe, oh, well, there are just too many elephants. And they said that in Kruger, and that was during the apartheid era where we had so-called culling of elephants, um, and that was because South Africa was pushing the ivory trade. So when you start to farm elephants, like they were doing almost in Kruger, so when you remove elephants, Elephants tend to make, and any wild animal for that matter, when you take elephants out, they try to make up for the for the numbers of elephants that, that have been removed. So the, it wasn't a case of too many, first of all. But secondly, we need elephants. We need what they do for biodiversity. We need them for ecosystems. They are actually a keystone species. They are engineers ecologically. So that idea when we see a tree being knocked over, that might aesthetically not suit us, but actually from, from an ecological perspective, it's a really good thing. So it isn't this, this idea that, that there are too many elephants, but it, it isn't also that hunting can address some kind of issue of too many. So A, they're not too many, but B, who are they removing? So trophy hunters, often and mostly take out the biggest elephants, the elephants with the, the oldest elephants, the biggest tusks, and then they often will say, well, we're removing males. But research is showing that males play in, in a really important um, role in their own society, so they, they need it. So it's just this idea that, oh, you know, they're not needed, they're too many, we'll just take them out, we're doing... Uh, biodiversity a favor, and this is a conservation practice. And in fact, a lot of research is showing that trophy hunting is not a conservation practice. So um, not only are the animal welfare and ethical concerns and issues around violence, but it's, it's, it's not a pro-conservation practice. It's taking out the biggest and the best. Can I probe this? I, I was using the elephant as an example, and, and, and I appreciate your rebuttal to that. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper because I am looking at something that if I looked at this on its own, it on its own would present a credible case, as yours does. Now we obviously are in a pro versus con type of situation, the either or, which is inherent in this very debate. The culling of animals is also beneficial in helping to maintain the sustainability of the ecosystem. This is done to prevent habitat degradation, protect biodiversity, and reduce human-wildlife conflict. That's a lesser point. But then he goes on to say, for instance, here's an example of South African elephants. Between 67 and 94, South Africa culled a total of 
14,500 elephants. Without this, the argument goes, it is estimated that the number of elephants would have increased to something like 80,000 by 2020, leading to mass starvation of both elephants and other animals and an increase specifically in the fight for territory and thus reducing, um, rather, rather, thus increasing the human-wildlife conflict. So for those who are in nature con conservation, who do establish these practices and norms, the Department of Environmental Affairs having ways in which animal trade perhaps, but the culling and conservation of animals probably being the more accurate word, these are the conversations that are having there. It sounds like to me you are at complete variance with any argument that speaks like this. The question then becomes, how do we then engage the growing populations, the finite amount of land, and the reality of this human-animal conflict? Yeah, so I think, I mean, what you just described earlier is really that sort of, you know, the real trophy hunters argument that you've put forward there. Um, this kind of, you know, the reds under the bed, sort of far. Well, you know, we've got to get rid of them. Um, and it's it's just just a false dichotomy. I, I just can't um, say that more than more than once. But the bottom line is that even the Department of Environmental Affairs and Sam Parks say there are not too many elephants. So it's it's it, the, the there just are not too many. That's the bottom line. Um, but if you have a system where you are breeding animals and you don't have predators, then you're in the business of breeding for, for profit. So that's not a biodiversity argument. So what's wrong with that? You're not going to with that you you would be breeding animals for killing. Well well I breeding mean that's, for profit. that's far yeah. Well that's farming. But even the economic argument of trophy hunting is also a problem because it's become a pariah thing to do globally. We're moving elsewhere globally where we have more of a caring for each other, for the world, for social justice, for harmonious coexistence. We need to do that. And if we, if we are just promoting the killing of animals, then we are also having an economic effect on our country because is it as tourism cut and dry is as that? No. Yes, tourism is huge here. And people will not want to come to South Africa and they've already said that. In fact, even within South Africa, sixty eight percent of, of South Africans have said that they don't like trophy hunting. So so if if we're going to be promoting as a country this notion of trophy hunting, then we are going to be Economically, it makes no sense because then we are cutting off other people's jobs. It's also not a sustainable job. It doesn't actually provide much to the economy. I mean, a, a, a to report by... Um, uh, um, Sorry, Michelle, I'm going to interrupt you there. I've got to go to news, but yeah. essentially you're dovetailing into the conversation as to the economy and how the arguments around the economic benefits to those communities where trophy hunting does take place doesn't equate to that. That's certainly a point that is worth engaging, and I propose to do that after the break. The time now is 21 hours. Please, everybody, stay tuned. It is indeed time for news with Dinewo Mdawu. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The view.
Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Songhez on the Viewpoint. Good evening, Songhezo and the brilliant team behind the scenes. Trophy hunting is still practiced in Zimbabwe, especially with foreign professional hunters in the low-felt areas such as Gona Rezo National Park and Save or Save Conservancy. This is Donald in Rustenburg. Of course, the conversation is about British trophy hunting law that impacts conservation efforts in the continent of Africa. The director of the EMS Foundation, Ms. Michelle Pickover, is on the line now to continue the conversation we had started at the big, well, 10 minutes before the news break. So far, we have talked about the fallacy, at least according to Michelle, as to whether or not, in fact, this is conservation, especially around the fact that this is nothing more than a pre-colonial game and a colonial game, which is implicit in the name itself in reference to animals, about rich people being exclusive and inculcating and continuing, if not entrenching, the culture of violence, among other things. The second point that she addresses, which I'm going to ask you to expand on very briefly now, is the question of whether, in fact, and the fallacy is thus advanced, that that money in any event doesn't go to conservation efforts or at least the communities where such trophy hunting takes place do not get to experience and draw benefits from the so-called investments. That might not necessarily accurately represent what Michelle wishes to say on this matter, which is why she will now speak to it. Michelle, the second point, the economics of it all. Yeah, so um, I think as I said earlier, um, research both in Namibia and in Zimbabwe and Tanzania, in fact, have shown that it, it doesn't benefit communities. But over and above the benefits not flowing to communities, um, the bottom line is that it's economically, there just is a very flimsy argument for it. Um, there's not enough empirical evidence to show that, um, you know, that it's an economically strong sector. Um, and I think that there are other things that we could do for more sustainable livelihoods um, that are, you know, more regenerative, um, that actually would be more um, ethical as well. Um, and we we just need to think around that. I mean, this is a it's a practice we've inherited, so we think that that's what we should continue with. But I think if we all work together, um, and and came up with alternatives to trophy hunting, um, we could very well live without it. But the point that would be made is. How then do we engage the growing populations of the animals against the growing populations of people and the increased demands for infrastructure that is going to serve people? I want to be brutally frank here. In a conversation between animals and people, I believe animals do not come first. I believe people come first. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that could be just as brutal a, a conversation point. Yeah, so I mean, I you know, I I think that that that's not an argument that that we should be having because I think what we should be saying is, look, we need 
animals. We need wild animals. We need biodiversity. We're going to die if we don't have biodiversity, if we don't have wild animals. So we have to come up with a way of being that is works for animals and works for people. Um, we have to live more in harmony with each other than in conflict. And I think where there, where there is conflict, um, you know, we, we need to come up with ways to mitigate that conflict um, because we, we need each other. So, I mean, I'm not saying that where, where it's, it's dangerous to, to human life um, that, that an animal comes first. Of course not. That, that simply cannot be. Um, but I think we just need a mindset change because we, we're so used to this extractive way of being, of killing, of um, exploitation, and so on, that we don't see animals as individuals or animals as having feelings, um, and, and also that we depend on them without nature, without wildlife. We as a species, as humans, we will not exist. Final question, how do we settle the tension of the increased populations of animals and human beings? I accept everything you say. We need to be conservation aware. We need to embrace conversation. We need to embrace whatever it is that nature has given us. The reality, nonetheless, of where we are today is South Africa is sitting in a population of 60 million. In 1994, we were sitting at just over 40 million. So. The land hasn't increased. The vegetation can only grow on the land that is available. There are 20 million more people who need access to land for argument's sake. Now, animals are just as important for all the reasons you have stated. In instances now where there is that tension, how do we in this geography engage this issue of a population that on the planning of the government, of those involved in nature conservation, and the communities that have to be contemplated given the fact that they are impacted first by this tension, how should that be settled? You clearly suggest that the trophy hunting is not an option. Fine, let's go with that. What is then a solution to that challenge? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's you can argue whether that's a wild animal or wildlife an issue or river or mountain. The bottom line is, is that we need to conserve those areas and we need to actually grow the, those areas, which is why our government is has as as every year increases the amount of land that they have under conservation because they realize that it's something that as as humans we have to have. So I think that um, if we do come into conflict that there are ground rules for mitigating it. Taking out a gun and shooting um, is often not the, you know, the best solution. That there, there are different people working in different spheres that have come up with a whole lot of very interesting, useful um, mitigation measures where animals and humans come into conflict with one another. Um, so, I mean, even if you look at primates, for example, Baboons, for example. I mean, no, you don't need a permit to kill a baboon in a rural area. And so the bottom line is baboons are in trouble. We don't know what their population status even is. So we need to change our laws and we need to start living more in harmony with these animals and learning to, 
to um, give them the space to to live as well. We live and they live, and that's what we've got to aim for. Thanks for your time, Michelle. Much appreciated. Thanks very much, Twenty-one fifteen, everybody. Let's take a very short ad break before we go to the hashtag Health on Monday.